If you read one marketing book this year, it should be this one. Stories That Stick by Kendra Hall. This is probably the first of several times I'm going to mention Kendra's work throughout uh, various episodes in this podcast because I've never been this excited reading a, you know, a business or a marketing book before. Uh, if you were to borrow my copy of Kendra's book, uh, you'd see a lot of un underlining and notes. You really you can't read this book without a pen or a highlighter. So go buy that. Go buy it. Uh, at the current moment, I have some extra copies lying around. Reach out to me and I will gladly send you one if uh, if I have any more available. Um, this episode, we're going to unpack the section in this book about building a bridge. A bridge over what? A bridge over the gap between what you have to offer and someone deciding to buy into that offer. Um, between a potential student who's, uh, you know, considering several schools and that student actually choosing your school. It's the gap that exists between you wanting to attract top talent and that talent actually making a decision to work with you. Uh, the gap between you wanting to influence a group of, you know, influential donors with the impact of the work that you're doing and them actually giving you money. Um, so that's the the gap that we're looking to bridge and, you know, really isn't all marketing about bridging those kinds of gaps. Um, pretty elementary stuff, but as Kinder puts it, those who bridge the gaps best win. If you can sell better, pitch better, recruit better, build better, create better, connect better, you win. Duh, right? I mean, the problem is... In higher ed marketing, it's real easy to build a bad bridge. So imagine a river. I mean, this is groundbreaking analogy stuff. Talking about bridges and then linking that to a river analogy. Uh, so absolutely never been done before. So you've got a river. Your, your team is on one side. Your marketing team's on one side. On the other side is the perfect students that your school or program targets. And the river represents noise, internet noise, the massive amounts of content being produced and published every minute. It's a rushing river of noise. You might say it's troubled water and you need something like a bridge over troubled water. Now, imagine your team just, just chucking planks of wood into the river as their method for trying to bridge this gap, build a bridge over the river. Imagine how expensive that would be. Wood is expensive. Wood isn't cheap. At one point, you know, I don't know, big supply chain issues with COVID. I don't know if that's still happening. It was really expensive. Last time I actually do buy wood fairly often because I'm a painter and I build canvases um, and it was pretty expensive. So wood is not cheap. And you know what's even less cheap? What's even more expensive than, than wood is your marketing team's time. Every hour they spend is billable. We forget that. People are on salary, but every hour we spend, uh, you know, sending them in this direction and that direction and just taking shots in the dark is money uh, that is coming out of the marketing budget. Duh. You're spending that bridge budget just chucking that into the water. And then you're wondering why people aren't crossing the bridge at the rate you'd like. Maybe, maybe some get across. Maybe one of those planks of wood get stuck on a log and somebody, you know, can make their way across. But for the most part, there's no bridge or at best, it's a really ineffective bridge. As Kendra discusses in her book, Stories That Stick, there is a structure to a proper bridge. It's a three-part structure. I'm going to read straight from 
stories that stick here. Uh, first and foremost, the best bridges must capture attention and captivate the audience so they know the bridge is there in the first place. The second element, influence, is the means by which you're able to compel the audience to take the action you desire. And third, if you don't want to have to keep bridging the same gaps over and over again, the best bridges transform the audience, creating a lasting impact and leaving the audience changed so they never even consider returning to the other side of the bridge, thereby closing the gap forever. So attention, influence, and transformation. Okay, no longer quoting from the book here. Uh, let's start with attention. With the rise of the smartphone, we all know attention spans are getting shorter, or so people say. What if I told you that's not necessarily true, though? Um, I can't tell you how many meetings I've been in uh, with marketing teams where someone, every time, without fail will chime in and say this video needs you know so i make videos if you if you're just joining <laughs> if you're just joining this podcast uh i'm a video maker uh someone in these meetings will chime in and say this video needs to be short uh because people's attention spans i tell you they're short but do you have a favorite show on netflix hulu whatever uh maybe you watch yellowstone and and you're like me and you can't stop saying i reckon uh, you just can't. It's part of your vocabulary now. My wife and I, we are dedicated to Yellowstone. Die hard. I went as far as I bought a $13 cowboy hat on Amazon just to wear while watching the show. It's mostly just a funny joke, and my kids mostly just wear it. Not while watching the show. They're not allowed to watch it. But if Yellowstone is on, my hat is on, and my southern accent is out in full force. Tell me a time when you've sat down to watch your favorite show or even just a show that has captured your attention. Uh, maybe you've watched the first few episodes and you're like, I'm hooked on this. And you get to like episode four and then like 30 seconds and you're like, nah, I'm good. Next. When people make a decision in their minds to invest in something, it's a movie or a show, YouTube videos of people falling in hilarious ways, whatever, they're in it for the long haul. They, they'll go down that rabbit hole and they'll watch an hour long episode of something. Kendra has similar things to say about this. Here's a passage from her section on capturing attention. She says, I recently enjoyed a lunch with marketing executives in higher education. Oh, look at that. Landed right in our backyard. Uh, they were lamenting the abysmal attention span of their customers, namely 17 year olds. And it appeared as though my suggestion to tell better stories instead of focusing on using the fewest words possible was causing some internal chaos. One gentleman, tempering his frustration, asked, so how do you suggest we incorporate a long-form story when our audience has an intention span shorter than a goldfish? The question was a good one, but flawed. First, the whole goldfish thing, if you've heard it before, is a myth. Second, it implied the message recipient was at fault. Conveniently shifting the blame away from the message creator. Maybe people don't pay attention because your hashtags don't matter. IRL in real life. Finally, and most importantly, the question revealed the subtle belief that the marketer's relationship with an audience's attention has to be a challenged one. But in fact, when done correctly, attention doesn't have to be stolen or wrestled away. It's given freely, willingly, and in many cases without the audience realizing it's happening. The ease of of attention is one of the great strengths of storytelling and is the result of a unique leverage point no other form of information exchange has. The storytelling process is a co-creative one." End quote. 
And then she goes on to talk about narrative transportation, which is the thing that happens when you get swept up in a story. You start to visualize the story playing out in your mind. Your emotions are activated. Your senses are activated and you lose your sense of space and time, thereby getting lost in a story. And that's why stories are effective, because they have a stronger ability than, say, a commercial or a typical piece of marketing content to transport the viewer or listener to a place where they are getting lost in the story. And nobody tricks you into getting lost in, into a story. You willingly give your attention because it's drawn you in and captivated you. And the great thing is studies show that the further a subject is transported into a story, the more likely their beliefs are to line up with the narrative. So there's a study done about this. It's called Murder at the Mall. Um, it's a little bit morbid. Um, subjects were given a story to read. It's about this girl um, that goes to the mall with her college-age sister and um, ends up uh, getting murdered by this psychiatric patient. Um, and, and you know, they tested different variables. Uh, you know, they told subjects, they, they told the, um, you know, study participants that this was a true, they told some of them it was a true story. They told some that this was a fictional story. It actually was a true story, unfortunately. Um, and, and the study showed that even if some people's minds, the story was fictional, it's, it still changed their, their views and their beliefs to be consistent with the narrative. So for example, participants in this study were more likely to believe that psychiatric patients need restrictions or that the world is a dangerous place. You know, they have an exaggerated estimation of how likely it is to go, that you'd go out in public and be randomly, you know, killed by a stranger. So applying this to higher ed marketing, the more you can transport prospective students into an actual story, and by that I don't mean, you know, here's our school, here's why we're great, we have small class sizes, top-notch professors, et cetera, et cetera. Um, here's the whole list, uh, the laundry list of uh, reasons why we're great. Um, I'm talking about a real, an actual story, a story about a student or alumni's journey through something significant. The more you can transport in them into a story like that, uh, the more likely your audience is to adopt the emotions and beliefs of that story subject and look favorably upon your school. So don't be boring is the bottom line. Pay attention to that first impression your audience is going to have with your marketing content and make sure it piques their curiosity and then focus on how you can craft your content so that your audience can get lost in the message or the story. Because when they get lost in your content, the need for it to be super short goes out the window. And that's not to say that, um, that's not to say that, you know, if you're, if you're not telling an actual like traditional story where there's like a beginning and middle and end and you are and and and, and instead you are creating something that's more like, you know, here, here's the benefits of our school. That's not to say that you can't transport someone through that, but just think like, think about the stuff that you get hooked to and you want to see the end. The reason you want to watch the end is to see what happens um, in the narrative, to see where this, this, this character ended up um, or how the problem was resolved. Um, and that's really what really launches you into that narrative transportation space could you get lost in uh you know something more of a commercial uh or an infomercial or something like that um sure uh, it's just you know less likely your audience you know is gonna know the whole time that they're being sold to and and more likely to just be like ah this is commercial the second part of the bridge is influence and here's where i want to talk about something i like to call arriving at the brand through the back door 
our default tends to be I'm making a piece of marketing content or a blog or sending an email or whatever. I need to talk directly about the brand or the product. I need to list its features and benefits. You know, in higher ed, it's like, you know, such and such university is one of a kind and blah, blah, blah. And we care about our students and you're not a number and whatever else. Uh, those are all fine to say. Nothing wrong with that. But it's hard to get lost in that, as I mentioned, if not impossible. Um because you're just telling me, you're not showing me. And the difference is critical. I, I talk about this in a previous episode, but one of my mentors in college, I went to art school and studied abstract painting. Um, her name was Gilda Snowden, uh, super great Detroit artist. Uh, she was so influential to my career as an artist. She believed in me. She challenged me. She allowed me access to her experiences in the real world as an artist. Telling that story shows the idea of professors having close personal attention you know, giving close personal attention to students or having, you know, uh, more mentorship, closer relationships with students and, and you're not a number and that kind of thing. Um, it's so much more influential to feature an example of close personal attention than to just say it. Um, because we can get lost in the example that takes us on a journey where we don't feel like we're being sold to. We don't feel like we're being marketed to or having our arm twisted into giving our attention to this piece of content, we give our attention willingly because you're showing me an example of something you want me to glean. And if you just told that story and showed your school's logo at the end, the reader or the listener, you know, the viewer, you know, it could be, it doesn't have to be a video, it could be an article or whatever. If you uh, somehow made it obvious that this was coming from a certain brand, the, the reader or the listener or the viewer feels that close personal attention. They're influenced by it. They've got a whole image of what that looks like in their mind, and they don't need to be beat over the head with your scripted talking points. That's arriving at the brand through the back door, telling a story, delivering a message about something deeper, something other than the thing you're selling and bringing the audience back around, connecting the emotions you've just imparted on them to the brand. Um, Dove did a campaign like this where they had a forensic artist uh, come in and there was like a curtain like between him and the, the, the person he was interviewing or whatever. Um, and uh, they had these people one by one come in. He would ask them questions to, you know, he couldn't see them. He would ask them questions like, tell me about your nose. Tell me about your eyes. Tell me about your uh, chin or whatever. And he would draw them. Uh, how they saw themselves. Um, but then they would have another person come in that met that person in the hallway, you know, or whatever outside and, you know, interacted with them. Um, and that person would describe them and they would always just, they would, the bottom line of the, the commercial is the way that other people described a person was the drawing was like way more beautiful than the way they described themselves, the, the way they uh, described their own features. Um, so anyway, that's arriving at the brand through the back door. That's influencing your audience. That's giving them something other, you know, other that they can feel and something they can believe differently about. And those emotions connect directly to your brand. Dub didn't have to say, our soap will make you beautiful. Bring out your natural beauty with its natural ingredients and blah, 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 blah. Uh, the message was, you're already beautiful. You don't need our soap to do that for you, but we're here for you. When that customer is choosing in the aisle uh, between Dove and some other soap brand, God knows there's so many different options to choose from. Uh, but when when that customer is standing in the aisle, they're more likely to choose the brand that made them feel something 
deeper than just what's in the soap or why that's specially uh, formulated or whatever. Uh, Kendra Hall, uh, she unpacks a, a great case study about extra gum, uh, how their slogan for the longest time was centered around long lasting flavor. Uh, that's a feature or a benefit about the gum. Uh, but their sales took off when they decided to change the narrative to gum in general, being about creating social connections with people. Uh, the events that happen around sharing gum with another person. And she talks about this ad that extra did that was part of that was the story of these two people that fell in love and gum was a part of the story but the story was really about something deeper and more romantic uh but it made people cry and so people bought extra gum like crazy and uh they had because they had a strong emotion attached to the brand okay and the third bridge building element is transformation um, and transformation is really, uh, just pointing to the fact that when you are transported, you know, into a narrative, you're going to come back changed. Like I watched, um, the, you know, I, I watched the sixth sense when I was a teenager or whatever. Um, and I, if you've ever seen the sixth sense, it's about ghosts and this kid, this kid can see dead people. And, <laughs> um, and I tell you what, like trying to go to sleep for like years after that, after that having these images of these these ghosts in, uh, in my head and feeling like they're in my bedroom changed me that's that's an example of transformation that that that's that that story just sticks with you and um and 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 you feel it long after you uh, are done watching the movie and it's create it's the the effect of creating that element of transformation in someone taking someone from I used to think this, and now I think this. I used to believe this, and now I believe this. Um, you know, it's 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 that element of transformation that bonds people to your brand. Long time ago, that that show Undercover Boss was real popular, um, and they did an episode on this winery called Kendall Jackson uh, Winery, and uh, and my wife and I watched this together. I can't remember the 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 plot. <laughs> I can't remember what actually happened in the episode. Um, but what I, what I remember is feeling like moved by the heart behind the people that ran that company. Um, I remember just feeling good about giving them my money instead of some other random wine company. I don't drink a lot of wine, but, uh, but, but we did go to Meyer, I think, and pick up a bottle of wine and gosh, darn it. It was Kendall Jackson. Uh, because they had transformed us. They had imprinted on us. They had, uh, made us feel like, man, this is a really good company that really cares about their customers and cares about the, um, the quality of the wine and, and, and they just have a good heart behind them, you know? And so that's always stuck with me. Like when I'm looking at this, um, you know, huge, uh, I mean, geez, have you ever bought wine before? It's tons of options. And because I know very little about wine, it's, it's really a gut decision. You know, I'm looking at the packaging. Uh, do, do I like the font on the label? <laughs> you know, does this feel like some hoity toity, like high end kind of, kind of wine, or does this feel like some cheap box wine designed bottle thing? Um, but a big part of that decision is uh, emotions and, and, you know, do I feel something for this brand? Do I have any sort of connection to any brand on this shelf? Uh, usually the answer is no. Um, uh, except for Kendall Jackson, I have a little bit of a connection there. Just because I have some sort of feeling associated with the brand. So 
uh, bridge building, attention, influence, and, and, and transformation. So um, those are the things that make up, uh, as Kendra puts it, uh, a quality bridge. And, and that's a very intentional move on the team of the, the marketing, uh, on, on, the, on the part of the marketing team. Um, you can't just throw materials or content, you know, you know, into the river and expect there to be this uh, well-engineered uh, a bridge that's going to reliably get people across. So if storytelling uh, is something you want to do more of for your college or university, um, I have a couple things uh, to offer you. Number one, go to my website, unveiled.tv slash unignorable college video. I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes or whatever on the webpage or whatever. You can download that. It's a, it's a simple storytelling framework for creating emotional videos that boost enrollment. And if you have nothing to do with uh, making videos for your school or getting a video made uh, in some fashion, uh, then it can also apply to like writing an email, writing um, an article, uh, giving a giving a TED talk kind of lecture type thing. Um, these same principles apply. So that's something you could check out and it gives you kind of a plug and play uh, framework. And it also comes with, you know, if you were going to make a video or if you're going to interview a student for a blog post or an article or whatever, it gives you a list of questions that get at those responses that kind of uh, speak to something other than just the obvious, like, here's why we're great. Here's why the school is, is uh, a great and every student should come here. The other thing is my company, Unveiled, we, we help schools put their storytelling on autopilot. Uh, we make it really easy uh, with one contract, with one engagement, uh, to get a whole year's worth of storytelling content and supplementary video content. I mean, all told, you're going to end up with 132 videos uh, for the for the price of maybe you know three or four one-off videos from uh, from a typical production company, if you were to approach them as one-offs instead of uh, you know in this in this uh, format that we've come up with. For a flat monthly fee, you're going to get one student story uh, per month, or any kind of story. It could be any. It could be a faculty story. It could be a story on the janitor. Whatever, whatever you want. You know, that's like two to three minutes, and then we're going to give you uh, a 30 second cut down of that story, a 15 second cut down, and then eight topical videos. So those eight topical videos are like just extra stuff that we got in the interview, so that we don't we're not leaving anything. You know, just sitting. We're not leaving great content sitting on a hard drive. We we create. Um, a package of extra videos for you of that person talking about whatever it is that, you know, we want to ask them about. Could be scholarships, could be uh, career development opportunities. So it really is, it takes a lot of the legwork out of um, really having a strong, 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 consistent video presence. Uh, so if you uh, want to know more about that, go on my website, book a call, uh, and I would love to chat with you and, uh, and, 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 and tell you more about that. Um, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.